Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the New Day podcast. I'm Angela, one of your hosts, and I'm so excited to be back. I have missed being here. I've missed the feedback from our community, even though many of you have kept in touch, and that has been so endearing. For those that don't know me, my name's Angela. I am a career grandma, stay-at-home grandma, you name it, I do it. I, uh, I've had many careers over the years and they have taught all taught me so much about life and I just like sharing my journey with people and I hope that by sharing my journey, I'm helping people. So let's get into this episode really quickly today. As you all know, our tagline is fresh perspective for what life throws at you and boy does life like to throw things at you. I know for me, it seems to be nonstop these days. But that doesn't always mean it's bad. It just means we have to learn how to deal and cope with it. So let me tell you a little bit about where I've been. And I'm hoping by me sharing this story that I can help others. So bear with me. On January 7th, my brother was admitted to the ICU with COVID pneumonia. He had gotten COVID day after Christmas and his oxygen just had kept dropping and he was struggling to breathe. So they admitted him to the ICU and they had him on oxygen, not a ventilator. He was on oxygen, seemed to be getting slightly better. He, you know, struggled sometimes. They'd have to turn his oxygen up when he got up to go to the bathroom or anytime his body needed extra oxygen. But overall, he seemed to be getting slightly better. All of a sudden, out of the blue, within a matter of hours on January 22nd, he struggled to breathe. They had his oxygen turned all the way up. They had done everything they can. They told us we had a matter of 30 minutes to decide whether or not we were going to put him on a ventilator. Otherwise, we were going to lose him. Now, a little bit about my brother. He is a single dad. His uh, ex-wife passed away last year in January. He has a 30-year-old daughter and some grandkids, but he also has a 16-year-old son still at home. He relied on us to make his medical decisions, namely my dad, but we kind of all do it together as a family. So the decision was instant for us. Yes, he needed to go on a ventilator. We wanted him here with us. He was scared when they went to put him on it. He was crying as much as men don't want to admit they cry. There's times in life when they're scared and they cry too, and that's okay. He was screaming, please don't let me be alone. I don't want to die alone. It was very emotional. It was very tough. They had us leave the room while they put the ventilator, hooked him up, intubated him, excuse me. And the doctor came out and had a very honest discussion with us after that. He essentially let us know that my brother's lungs were in very terrible shape. COVID had damaged them to the point of they were hard. He could not breathe on his own at all. There was so much damage in there and so much infiltration that they did not know if he was going to be able to recover. They essentially were trying to prepare us for that scenario. They let us know that medically they had done everything they could for him. He was on the maximum amount of oxygen and his PEEP, which I would love to explain to you. Just look it up what it is on a ventilator. I don't have enough medical knowledge to do that. His PEEP was at the max, which was 14. They essentially told us that his it was his body's time to sink or swim. His body was going to have to fight their way its way back, that there was literally zero they could do for him. 
The sense of shock that hit all of our family was unimaginable. We had read stories over the years of this happening to millions of families, thousands of families in the world, and here it was happening to ours. Nothing really mentally prepares you for such a life curveball. The sense of anxiety and grief and stress that our family began to feel was overwhelming. We, for the next few nights, slept at the hospital on these tiny couches. I'm talking tiny couches. They weren't even comfortable. They were more like a double chair. Uh, So we could all check on him and make sure he was okay. My dad stayed in the room with him. They only allowed two visitors at a time and only one could stay overnight. We held each other. We hugged. We cried. We shared stories. We talked to Ryan because they said he could still hear us. We asked him to fight his way back. About a week later, he started to improve slightly. Um, you know, they woke it, said that they wanted to try to wake him up to see how his oxygen, oxygen did as they woke him up. Now, when they put a person on a ventilator, they sedate them very heavily and they paralyze them. So they were going to turn off the paralytic and they were going to drop the sedation down and see how he did. He woke up a little bit in shock, which would be natural. He still was intubated, so he still had that tube down his throat. He was still on the ventilator, but he did seem to do okay. Other than the obvious frustrations of he couldn't talk, he couldn't eat, he couldn't drink, couldn't get up on his own. He was doing pretty good. Uh, We found ways to communicate and use a little sign language. Believe me, I could beat anyone at charades after that (laughs) with what we went through, but Then suddenly, a couple days later, he just wasn't doing well. He couldn't oxygenate. He couldn't stay. His sats couldn't stay where they needed to be. So they had to re-paralyze him and they had to re-sedate him heavily. Now, the reason for them paralyzing him is to keep his body from using any oxygen reserves unnecessarily. By paralyzing his muscles, he wouldn't need oxygen to his muscles, so his body could concentrate on sending oxygen to his vital organs. When you've got your lungs not working, it's important that your heart, your liver, and your kidneys continue to function optimally, or you're just not going to make it. We're pretty lucky. His heart and lungs have continued to stay strong. His heart is showing some signs of wear, but not enough that they're concerned that it's going to stop or anything. They did begin to ask us the hard questions, like if his heart does stop, do you want heroic measures taken to save his life? That throws you. That brings up a whole other state of grief that you just don't think you can handle. We made the decision that obviously he, we wanted him to go peacefully if that would became an issue. He is still actually on a ventilator today, which today is February 22nd. He's fighting. He's showing signs of getting better. They uh, actually were able to do a tracheotomy so that they could get him unintubated and get him in a state where he could have the oxygen, the ventilator hooked up to through the trach in his throat, which uh, I'm sure feels great for him not to have that there anymore. However, that presents its own challenges. He, uh, you know, now has a hole in his throat, which is shocking. 
they've tried to wake him up a couple of times. Uh, that hasn't gone real well. His body doesn't handle it. I think some of it is mental. He's waking up. He's confused. He doesn't know where he is or how long he's been out. I can't imagine waking up and knowing you've lost two months of your life. Um, uh, obviously we haven't told him that yet, but I'm sure he has some idea. As I said, he was able to hear us and aware. The reason I bring this up, and that was a quick brief synopsis of everything we've been through. There's been ups and downs. And when people ask me how my brother's doing, I tell him he's doing good. But I preface that by saying good is relative. And good really is relative, especially when you're dealing with something like this. Good compared to how his normal life was? No. Good compared to how he was a month ago? No. Good compared to how he was two weeks ago? Yes. So I guess that's kind of where I want to go with this is perspective. Perspective on how you look at things in life. Again, I don't tell anyone this so that you feel sorry for me. My story is definitely not unique. I am mentioning it because I would like to tell you how I drew on things I learned over our past episodes to kind of help me deal with this. Namely, the episode on grief, anxiety, stress, and survival mode. Those are all things that actually helped me. So let's talk about anxiety real quick. Obviously, heavy anxiety. None of us sleep. None of us get a ton of rest. We made our brother a promise that we would all be there sometime. You know, somebody, excuse me, somebody would always be at the hospital with him. So we take turns. We rotate. My dad usually sleeps there. My sister goes up for a few hours. I go up for a few hours and we just make it work. But it's created a lot of anxiety. When you're not at the hospital, you do nothing but think about him and how he's doing. And, you know, is he crashing? Is he having a good day? Is he having a bad day? You don't turn your phone off. You don't silence it to sleep at night. So you hear notifications all night because you want to have it available if you want to get, if you need that call from the hospital. There's just so much that goes into the anxiety, um, there, which also creates stress. My life has been changed. I run my own business. I take help take care of my grandkids. I have my own family, but I need to help my brother. And it's created a certain amount of stress in my life. And to the point of I went into survival mode. Now, survival mode is extremely important. And I highly recommend if you don't want to go back and listen to all the episodes I listed, go back and listen to the survival mode episode. It's important that we all understand that survival mode does not mean giving up. It's essentially just what it says. It's going into a mode of being able to cope and deal with things until your body and mind is ready to take them on. There is no shame in it. I wanted to blame my my sad for what I was feeling, but in a little bit of reflection, the sad really took a backseat to my grief over what was happening. Now, no, I haven't lost my brother. And currently, we don't think we're going to lose him. We have, we're cautiously optimistic. However, it is day by day. So that anxiety and that grief is there every day. We grieve for the life my brother had before and the life my brother's going to have now. He is never going to be 100% again. 
if they are able to get him off the ventilator. And that's a strong if right now because he still needs a ton of oxygen. He will probably be on oxygen for the rest of his life. He has lost almost all of his muscle mass in his legs and his arms and the rehab process is going to be extreme. The grief that your family feels as they go through these highs and lows over what is going on is real. Grief doesn't always mean you've lost somebody. Grief can be over many things and I highly recommend you go re-listen to that episode as well as we kind of touch on some other things that can create and cause grief. So my hope for this podcast was to share my story. Plus, I've had so many of you reach out to me and I don't feel I've done you justice by responding the way I have. But I'm also hoping that you see you can make things work for you. Are they always going to be good? No. But I hope that you draw on some of those past episodes that we have talked about and learn how to... institute them in your life. I actually made my one family member who had never listened to one of my podcasts, which shocking, right? I know who doesn't love New Day podcast. Anyway, I had him go back and listen to it. And he said he drew a lot out of it that really helped him. And I guess as I share my story, I want to share that it's okay to not be okay. Give yourself time. I walked away from a very successful podcast for a short amount of time because it's what I had to do to cope. And it's okay that I did that. It's okay that I wasn't able to meet that commitment. It's okay that I wasn't able to run my business at 100%. Do I love that that had to happen? I absolutely do not. The perfectionist control freak in me hated every second of it. But it's what I had to do. I had to refocus my attention to other things to make those things right. Now, I still don't know where things are going to stand with my family. I don't know what's going to happen down the road. But what I do know is that I have the skills and I have the capability to cope and deal with it. And just by stepping outside this persona that we have, that we have to deal and handle things stoically and be, oh, I'm so strong mentality. It's okay not to be. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to cry. It's okay to avoid your neighbors because you know they mean well, but you just don't have the mental skills to deal with it. It's okay to push some friendships aside for a short time and just explain why you stepped out for a little while. It's okay not to be 100% for your husband. It's okay not to be 100% there for your family and your kids and your grandkids like they're used to. I don't love that I've had to do that. I don't, but I have accepted and understand that it's what's necessary to get me through this emotional roller coaster in my life right now. And how I deal with it is totally different than how my sister deals with it. It's totally different than how my father deals with it. My family, my kids, that's their uncle. My family and kids saying, you know, wait a second, mom's just not around like she was. She's not as fun to be around. She's always crying. She's always upset. She's always at the hospital. I'm pretty sure that's their phrase right now. She's always at the hospital. But just know it's okay not to be okay. Go into that survival mode if that's what you need to do to get through. Understand that stress is a part of life. Anxiety 
is a part of life. You need some of that in your life to keep your life moving forward. Just know that when it happens, you can deal with it. You're a strong person and you have the capability to get through any situation. If you need help, if you would like some resources, please reach out. I would love to try to help people through my journey get the help they need. If you have some suggestions that you think will help others in our community, please share them with me and I'd be happy to share them with our community. I have some really, really exciting guests lined up in the next few weeks and I'm super excited for them to share some of their journey. If you have a journey that you'd like to share with me, reach out. Maybe we can work on getting you on the podcast. I love talking to everyday real people and learning how they dealt with things on their own. Thank you for letting me come into your life. Thank you for welcoming me back. And I will talk to you next week.